Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And uh, this morning, as we contemplate the Word of God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be here to be the teacher, to help us to understand, to give us light, to know your ways, give us wisdom and understanding, I pray. Let your grace be upon the people of God to help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we had a good week of listening prayer, and thank you to all who participated. We, um, I was keeping a track of everyone, and I wasn't here the whole week. I was here for about two-thirds of it. So I could have missed a few people that might have snuck in, and, and I'm hoping that that's true, because I observed that there were 76 people in attendance, which matched the amount we had two years ago. So we've equaled our record. But I'm hoping a few people snuck in that I didn't catch and we broke our record. <laughs> I don't know that, that that's the case. But in any, either way, that's a good amount of people to have involved in listening prayer. So if you came through the week to do some listening, you might have, uh, whatever moment you came, there might have only been three or four people here. And it kind of feels like a non-event because you're sitting here on your own or with just a few people. But over the course of a week, as together, we uh, you know, give ourselves to listening, it's quite amazing how many of us have listened. And uh, quite a lot of people came back every single day. Um, so there, in fact, I'm pretty sure from my memory, there were more people this year that came repeatedly than in previous years. Whereas in previous years, a lot of people would have come and, and done an hour and then they would have considered they'd participated, and they had. But this year, it was amazing how many people came every day for an hour and there would have been maybe 20 people like that. So I think that's, that's a really good effort. And um, if you think about a church of our size, that's not counting the children. That's, you know, at least half of the adults in the church have participated in that, or more maybe. So that's a fair effort, I think. In most churches, it's a struggle getting that higher level of number of people to participate in prayer-related things. So well done. Um, I'm really grateful for that. So glad that you're able to come. And if you didn't and you missed your chance, uh, it's never too late to start listening, as I'll explain this morning. So we could pat ourselves on the back and say, good on us. And, um, and you know, we should take that temporary uh, moment to just be glad that we've been able to do that. But we should never, ever rest on our laurels and think, we've done the job and now leave it till next year, we'll do it again. Because it's one of those things that you don't, um, you don't think of like that. And uh, I'm pretty sure the Lord gave me an illustration of what this is like. It's like in one of those romance movies. I don't know how often you watch movies. I don't watch a lot of movies and certainly not a lot of romance ones. But I've seen a few and it's, it's in these romance movies where there's a, a guy and a girl and they're estranged and it's probably the guy's fault and he's wanting to make up and so he thinks to himself, I'm gonna buy some flowers. So he goes and buys some flowers and goes to the girl and he says all these things like I'm sorry and gives her the flowers and you know she appreciates it and, and it's all nice. But next thing, it's flipped around and now she's the one that's ignoring him and it's, now what is that? What is it where she's been the one, you know, in the movie this is, she's been the one that's been so kind and considerate and finally the bloke he comes to his senses and does something, and all of a sudden in the movie, she's the one that's a bit standoffish. 
Well, what it is, is that she's not completely sure that he's sincere. Because for so long, he's been the one that's been not making the effort. And now she's just one step back just to see, does he really mean? Or is this just like a, a kind of like a quick fix? Or is this the genuine thing? Do you know what I'm trying to say? And then, of course, in those romance movies, um, usually, it all gets worked out in the end, and, and it was genuine, and, and they all live happily ever after, or we're so we're led to believe. Um, and so um, it's a case of uh, the guy demonstrating to the girl that he was sincere. So you can't just fix things by giving flowers. You've got to actually mean what you say. You've got to be different. You've got to now be acting in this new, uh, genuinely involved, genuinely attentive, genuinely concerned way of, of living. Like he says, like you can give the gift of flowers, you're indicating that, you know, I've changed. <laughs> well, has he? Has he changed? And um, so, you know, when we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm going to pay you some attention, I'm going to be involved in that week of listening prayer, it's like giving the Lord a gift of flowers. <laughs> Saying, Lord, here I am, I'm paying you some attention. Well, the Lord doesn't need to be standoffish with us because the Lord, he, he's, he's not a human. He knows our hearts. He knows our sincerity. That's good and bad because he just know, if we're not completely sincere, he knows right away that we're not sincere. Um, but on the other hand, the Lord will treat us uh, with full love and full warmth even when we're not sincere. Even if we're just doing it as a kind of try to make it up and patch up a problem and get close to you again, the Lord will treat us as if we're completely sincere because that's the kindness and the graciousness of the Lord. But on the other hand, we don't want to just be the type of people that say, oh, we should be giving God more attention, so let's go to a week of listening prayer and let's give him a few hours and then, after the week's over, ah, back on with our normal lives just the way we've always lived them because it's not completely sincere. We might feel in the moment, oh, we've done some listening and, and everything's great and everything's wonderful and we're close to God. Um, but whether we are or whether we aren't, the Lord knows. And uh, so what I'm saying is we don't come into a week of listening prayer thinking that after having done a few hours of listening, we've done our duty. And next year, we'll do it again. <laughs> You know, in 12 more months, we'll have another week of listening prayer and we'll give them a few more hours. That's really a little bit like, um, you know, kind of like just hoping money will solve all your problems. Or it's, it's like the things you see sometimes in movies where, you know, one bunch of flowers once a year ought to do the trick, right? Um, no, in the end, we've got a Lord and he loves us. He wants us to be close to him. Um, and he, he's not selfish with that. He wants us to be close to him because it's for our benefit. The Lord doesn't actually need anything from us. If we don't listen to him, don't pay him any attention, he, he's not going to be anything less than what he is now. He's not going to feel less loved. He's still the Lord. He's self-sufficient, all of himself. He, he's a community with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He doesn't need anything else. But he's got such a heart of love that
but he calls us to participate in his love and in his community, in his family. And he calls us to listen so that we can be drawn into his life. So we should desire to be sincere because it's so good for us. It's the best thing for us. And the Lord, he, he was always calling his people to listen. Um, we've been going through the Bible on, in our uh, YouTube videos, one chapter a day, and we've just, I've just finished recording 2 Chronicles 36 this week, which is the, it's at the point where the, the nation of Israel and Judah have been completely destroyed and shipped off to Babylon. So it's at a low point. And you, you think to yourself, you know, as I'm recording these videos, I'm thinking, you know, these people were told over and over and over and over. You know, God said over and over to them to listen, pay attention. Like it was just uh, like a deja vu message on repeat. The Lord was so patient. And um, we don't always get the patience of God. But I was trying to just during the worship, I was trying to do some mental sums to work out how many years the Lord was patient with them for. And it's at least 490 years the Lord was patient with these people. And you might think to yourself, you know, you think about people in your life who annoy you and how patient you are with them. <laughs> or how patient people are with you when you annoy them. Or you think about, say, the nation of Australia right now and some of the crazy stuff that's going on and you think, just get a grip, sort yourself out. And you think of how little patience you have towards the problems you see all around you. Would you be willing to wait 490 years before you called the shots and said, that's it? Well, this is the patience of our Lord, so patient. And during all that time, he was telling the Israelites what they had to do. Just listen to me. Follow my ways. I'm showing you what's right. But eventually, of course, the Lord does decide that he has to take action and sort things out. And he did, sent them off to exile. And I tell you what, the children of Israel, when they came back from that experience in Babylon, they were different. Did you ever notice in reading your Bible how all the way up to that point when God judged them, they were struggling with, with worshipping other gods? You know, they're always wanting to worship the Baals and all these other gods. But from the time they came back from exile, it was never a thing again. Never, ever. From that point on, the Jews were so focused on there's only one God. You see, the Lord knows how to, to teach people a lesson. And sometimes it's a little painful. And he did that and, uh, with the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. And um, when Jesus came, because they were so focused on um, one God that they missed Jesus himself when he came. You know, Jesus came as the Messiah and they didn't even realise it was him. And Jesus came and he had lots of things to say and they still weren't listening to him. It continued. And there's this one verse, it's in Matthew 23 verse 37. Matthew 23 is kind of like a, a whole chapter where Jesus says a lot of very disappointing things about the nation of Israel, about things they didn't do. And it's, he's kind of like expressing his frustrations, but he's also kind of like speaking words that will, that will judge. And he says this in Matthew 23, verse 37. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I long to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. It's an interesting verse because, you know, we see in that verse that Jesus has sent them prophets, but they killed the prophets. You know what that means? 
it means they didn't listen to them. You know, well, I mean, if you kill the person who's giving you a message, you're not listening to them, right? You're completely against the message. And he sent them prophets. You know, you think of some of the prophets. We've been going through the Bible, and, and there's a prophet there called Zechariah who goes to um, the king, King Joash. Joash just kills him. And uh, you think to yourself, what type of listening is that? This is the prophet of the Lord, goes to the king, the king kills him. Or you think of that prophet Micaiah that goes to King Ahab. Ahab throws him in jail. This type of thing that happens all the way through. So the nation of Israel would not listen. The Lord's messages were coming, but they would not listen. And eventually, Jesus comes and Jesus says, How, how I long to gather you, but you were not willing. So, you know, it, it was a problem but the Lord's patient, like the, the, the Lord was so patient with Israel and Judah, it was at least 490 years from the time they went into the Promised Land all the way through to the Babylonian exile in 586 BC. And then from 586 BC all the way through to the time when Jesus came and spoke these words in around about the year, I don't know, 28, 29, 30, sometime then. Well, that's a thousand years. A thousand years of the Lord giving these people messages, and eventually Jesus says, well, you were not willing. And that's when Jerusalem was really destroyed, AD 70, wiped out completely. And, you know, there's lots of things to say about all of that, but the thing I look at that and say is, you know what, they weren't willing to listen. And we, you could go to any moment in Israelite history, because we've been doing it in the videos, and I can think of lots of them, where there were individuals that did listen. You think of King Hezekiah. Here's a bloke his dad would not listen to the Lord. His son would not listen to the Lord. Like the king before him and the king after him would not listen. But here's this one king that listened. And it was like for a moment there was a light in Judah. There was a light shining for a moment, for 20 years. And it's gone. So you'd have individuals that would listen and they would try. But the overall trajectory was of not listening. And um, in the end, this is a, turns out to be a really big deal. And so I, I think about all these things and I think if the Lord wants us to be a listening people, we need to actually listen. We need to be a people that actually take his words and say, what is it you're wanting, Lord? How can we bring it about? How can we do that? And um, so, yeah, we, we participate in things like the weaker listening prayer. That's a part of it. But then we don't tick it off and say, well, I've done my bit back onto normal life. Now, what did the Lord actually want from us? What did the Lord actually say when we were listening? Can we apply it to our lives? What do the scriptures say? How can we live the way God wants us to live? That's what listening is. It's not just sitting still for a few hours once a year and saying, well, I've done my bit. That's not listening. That type of listening, which I was explaining last week, it's like when you're having a discussion with someone and you just be quiet to let them do the talking. But then you don't pay any attention to the words they've said. If you've just sat still for a few hours, that's all you've done. You've let God do some talking, but he, he could have wasted his time on you because you didn't take what he said and apply it. So listening isn't just being quiet, it's, it's hearing and applying. And, um, we, there were lots of words received this week. I don't even know what they all were. I, and I would like 
to encourage you. If you receive some thoughts from the Lord this week, to email them in. I would like to put together a document that kind of lists everything we've got, and I'll include it in the newsletter so we can all contemplate the various things coming in. And there were some interesting words that were shared with me. Um, and there was a, a, at least one theme that did emerge um, this week about the river of God. Quite a few people got words about the river of God. And um, I'd like to think more about that and what that really means. And, and so I'll, I'll, you know, we'll include the words in the newsletter this week. And I'd like you to join me in thinking about what these words mean and what the Lord is actually asking of us. And... Um, we had, I had at least four people share words with me about the river or about flowing water. And as well as that, the air conditioners overflowed about six times this week. So adding a little bit of a visual reminder about the flowing. So we've got to get better at that, remembering to empty the water air conditioning containers. But the Lord was really highlighting something. And so it's not enough for us to just say, oh, that was interesting. There's a theme, the river of God, and then ignore it and not think about it. If the Lord's given us something that's coming through in the words, why? What does it mean? That's the point of listening, right? Is to find out what the Lord's trying to say so that we ourselves can adjust ourselves to what the Lord wants. He is, after all, the Lord. And um, so we don't follow him just so that we have better lives. Ultimately, he's the Lord. And we want to know what he wants so we can follow so two years ago in our week of listening prayer this is the third year we've done it in a row now and we did some weeks of listening prayer a long time ago but two years ago there were three words that came very strongly a lot of people received words and when we compared them all we noticed three themes i've talked about this many times and this is before COVID hit the world COVID was in the world at the point we had this week of listening prayer two years ago, but it wasn't in the news. It was just, there were some sick people in you know, Italy and China, but it wasn't the deal that it became after the week of listening prayer. None of us were really aware of it. And one of the words that came so strongly from multiple sources was to expect the unexpected. And uh, there were things that happened in, in the church after that with you know, our friends and family that were definitely unexpected. And we thought that that was the meaning of the words, or at least that's what I thought. But it turned out to be more than that. And COVID came to be a big part of what the Lord was saying. As well as that, the Lord said he was doing something big. And now we look at what's gone on in the world these last two years and we can see the Lord is up to something. We still don't know what it is, but the Lord warned us in advance. And the third thing that he said was keep listening. It was two years ago. And I, thinking back on all those words, I realised that the, the Lord is so simple. I mean, he's very complicated as well, but when he speaks to us, he often speaks in such a simple way that you can almost just dismiss it, thinking you know what it means, without taking to heart that there's something profound being said. Um, so, you know, sometimes you get a word from the Lord and it says, you know, I want you to follow me and love me. You get a word and you think about a word like that, it's so simple. And what we do is we hear a word like that and we think, oh, I'm already doing that. And we pay it no attention. But the Lord says these simple things because he's calling us to something more. 
And um, so these are the types of words we've been getting this week, words that are calling us to something more, but you could easily look at all the ones that have been handed in to me, you could look at them all and just dismiss them all and think, oh, we didn't, really, we didn't get anything super exciting or super interesting. You'll see what I mean when I put them in the newsletter this week. But when the Lord is saying these types of things, it's because we need to do the things he's saying. There's, a, there's, there's something genuine to it. It's not just the Lord saying simple things that don't apply. He says them in a simple way so that we'll understand them. But we don't stop to actually hear the things that are being said. Um, so I think what the Lord said two years ago is still in effect about expect the unexpected, about he's doing something big and keep listening. I think all those words, are still, they still apply. It's not just that was the word for two years ago. They still apply. But in addition, the Lord's been saying things this week, and we'll talk about more of them maybe next Sunday or in the Sundays ahead, but he had a lot to say about the river, the river of life, whatever, whatever that means, and he had some things to say about the gospel, and it's not what you think. The gospel isn't what... The words that were coming this week about the gospel is not what you first think. For example, when I talk about the gospel, you think I'm talking about calling people to become Christians. That's only a little tiny bit of what the gospel is. The gospel is something bigger than that. For example, in the New Testament, there was a woman that poured a year's worth... Like, she poured incense all over Jesus' feet, and Jesus said... Wherever the gospel is proclaimed, what she has done will be remembered. I've never ever heard a gospel message that included that. When Jesus was talking about her and including her in the gospel, he had some other thing in his mind about what the gospel was. You know, see what I'm saying? And we have four books in the Bible. One's called the gospel, according to Matthew. The gospel, according to Mark. These stories of Christ are called gospels. So the gospel itself is something different to what we, we often think it is. It includes what we think, but it's bigger. And we'll explore that. But anyway, there are words coming this week in the listening prayer about the gospel, about how we need to live our lives in accordance with the gospel, stuff like that. Well, we need to understand that because the Lord's saying it for a reason. And we will explore all of these things. At the start of this year, we had a word in the church um, that came and it said that this year ahead, uncertain things were going to happen and we needed to be in listening. Do you remember that word that came? Now, when Russia invaded Ukraine this week, that's the first thing I remembered. I guess it's just because it's an example of an uncertain thing happening. You know, I'm looking out for examples of uncertain things happening. I'm not predicting anything about how good or how bad that's all going to be. You know, there's lots of doomsday stuff on the internet right now about that. Um, I'm not saying I know anything about what's going to happen there. Uh, but I do know that we need to be listening. <laughs> because it doesn't matter what happens there. It could be that it, it, nothing much happens. It could be that, you know, because eight years ago Russia invaded another part of Europe called the Crimea. It didn't change our lives at all. It would have changed those people's lives, but it didn't do anything in Australia. So it could be it's just like that. Or it could be something else. I don't know. 
but I know what the word said at the start of the year that we needed to be listening people and if we're listening it doesn't matter what happens because the Lord speaks and he guides us through every circumstance so God's intent is to look after us that's the reason why he would give us a word like that at the start of the year God's intent is that we be blessed God's intent is that regardless of the circumstances of the world or our lives that we be strong in him God's intent is that we follow him God only wants um, the best outcomes for us but we somehow subconsciously think that we know what's best for our lives and we'll just do what we think that's not an unusual thing that's a typical human trait every king of Israel and Judah did that they just naturally leaned on their own understanding to do what they thought with maybe King David and King Hezekiah being exceptions to that but so many people just naturally think that their way of assuming about life is the right one so we're all normal like that but when we listen we say to the Lord you know what I, I realize I don't understand everything I realize I don't know everything but Lord teach me guide me show me part of it is the guidance you need for your life but part of it is to be the person he wants you to be so it's both things it's about surrendering so that you can serve him but it's also about the protection and blessing of you and your family because the Lord wants what's good for you so there's a really good example of this in the letters to the church of Revelation and we did read one last week we read the letter to the church of Ephesus but now we're going to read the most famous of them all the letter to the church of Laodicea everyone's heard sermons on this plenty of times it's Revelation chapter 3 verses 14 to 22 I will read it for you um, so Laodicea was a church just down the road from Corinth it was a town very close to Corinth and uh, in the Bible there's a, uh, an epistle to the sorry not Corinth um, Colossae there's an epistle to the Colossians in the Bible that epistle to the Colossians was also sent to the Laodiceans they both towns got the same letter so what you're reading in when you read the book of Colossians is you're actually reading a letter to the people of Colossae and to the people of Laodicea it's an interesting thing to know but here we have a letter to the people of Laodicea straight from Jesus himself to the angel of the church in Laodicea write these are the words of the Amen the faithful and true witness the ruler of God's creation I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot I wish you were either one or the other so because you were lukewarm neither cold nor hot I'm about to spit you out of my mouth you say I am rich I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing but you do not realize that you are wretched pitiful poor blind and naked I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see those whom I love I rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in and eat with that person and they with me to the one who is victorious I will give the right to sit with me on the throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne whoever has ears let them hear 
what the Spirit says to the churches. Um, so a lot of people, you know, when they preach on this passage, they talk about the fact that here's a church, they weren't cold or hot, so God's going to spit them out. So it's all about get hot for God. That's the usual message you hear coming out of this part of the Bible. But the thing that occurs to me about this church is they is the line that says you do not realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. Here's a church that thought they were fine. Here's a church that thought they were doing what God wanted but they didn't realise that they were blind. They thought they understood God's ways but they were blind. They didn't see them. They didn't hear them. They didn't know what God was really saying to them. They assumed a lot of things. And so the Lord had to write them this letter and say all this stuff, which was probably shocking to them. You know, you're not the way you think you are. And he says, if you have ears, hear what I'm saying. But what's cool about this letter is um, in verse 19, he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. That's so like God. You think about the nation of Israel, all those 490 plus years. He loved them. He was so patient with them. And here, exact same thing. Those whom I love, I rebuke. We get this impression from this letter that God just couldn't stand them. He's want to kick them out because you know, they're not hot or cold. But no, he didn't. He loved them. He loved these people. He didn't want to discipline them. He says that he rebuked them because he cared about them. He says, be earnest and repent. He didn't want that stuff to happen to them. He says, you don't see, but come and get from me the means of being able to see. And he said, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, there's that listening thing, and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. That's a verse often used for evangelism because, you know, they say, if anyone hears his voice and invites Jesus into their heart, they'll be saved. But this was written to a church. It wasn't written to unbelievers. Here's a church that needed to hear what God was saying and do it. Um, so, you know, we've got things... There's, there's a lot about our church and our church life to be commended. Um, but I, the message I guess I want to, the message I want to say today is just because we've spent a week in listening prayer doesn't mean we've listened. Um, you know what I'm saying? Is that message clear enough? Just because we spend some time to sit with God for one week doesn't mean we're a listening people. Um, a listening people are a people that it's more than just hearing the words. It's about, it's about taking a hold of them and being what the Lord has asked of us. So I'm not, up, I'm not really sure what happened to the Laodiceans after this. I know some of the other churches in the book of Revelation, the Ephesians, for example, the Lord said if they didn't repent, he would remove their lampstand from its place. And I know that that's exactly what happened to the city of Ephesus. The, the, the actually harbour silted up, 
and um, within about a hundred years, the town was was moved hugely inland. Like the way that the it was no longer a port city, and the, the town ended up driveling down and didn't exist anymore, and the church was gone. Um, it took about a hundred years, but the city of Ephesus was removed. You can go to Ephesus today; it's just an archaeological site. There's no city there. But you can go to other cities in the book of Revelation like Smyrna, the modern day town of Izmir in Turkey, and it's got a church, like there are Christians in Izmir today, and you can trace them back 2,000 years all the way to, to the book of Revelation. There's been an active church in, in Smyrna 2,000 years, isn't that amazing? Right back to the book of Revelation. Um, so you know, different things happen to those different churches. I'm not sure what happened to the Laodiceans, you can look it up. But I know for sure that if they had repented, that the Lord's promise to them would have been completely true. He said if they, were, if they would open their, basically open their hearts and accept him in, he would give them the right to sit with him on his throne and they would be victorious just as he was victorious. So that's a really good promise. If we would listen to the Lord not just by doing a few hours of listening here and there, but being a people that make listening a part of our life and not just sitting with the Lord, but hearing what he has to say and applying it, we too will be victorious as this promise to the Laodiceans was given. The problem with the Laodiceans is they thought they were doing fine. They didn't realise what their true need was. And I guess that's what I want to protect us against. I want to make sure we don't think we're doing fine. I want to make sure we realise we need to stay close to Jesus and walk with him because if we keep that as our attitude, we will do fine. But if we assume that we're doing fine, we will drift and not walk with him. So what are we to do? We are to persevere with our listening. So it becomes something we keep on doing, not something we just do one week in the year. Um, so in your week, you know, you need to chisel out a slot to make listening a part of your week. I would encourage you to take five minutes in your daily devotions to just take a few minutes and say, you know, you've got your prayer requests, you read your chapter of the Bible every day or whatever you do and to just take a few more minutes every day just to be quiet and sit with the Lord and give him the chance to speak to you. But I'd also chisel out in your week a slot that's just dedicated to listen, whether that's a half an hour or, or something once a week where you say, Lord, I'm here just to listen to you. I'm lucky that I work for the church, so I just do it during work hours. But I, you know, I put aside Wednesdays for that and sometimes things come up when you've got to take an urgent phone call. But I generally put aside a good chunk of time on a Wednesday here. And you can, you're welcome to come in and join me on a Wednesday between 9 and, you know, 9 and 3-ish. Sometimes I'll go longer than that. You might come in and I might have been called away to do something, but, you know, I don't have to be here for you to come in and listen. And in fact, you can come in any time the church is open. You can sit in the, the interview room. And you can spend time in listening. If you need to get out of your house to go to somewhere so that it can just be quiet, you're welcome to come here through the week and listen anytime you want. So I encourage you to do that as well. Chisel out a slot in your week. But it's not only about the act of sitting with the Lord. It's also about the act of hearing what he has to say and putting it into practice. And so we want to be people who don't just pay attention. We obey.
So, you know, you think of those 12 disciples. Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, listening is on one hand hearing the words. Oh, yeah, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But if they hadn't actually followed him, then you could say they didn't actually listen. So we've got to hear, but we have to do. So do we all understand what I'm trying to say? I hope so. So I'm gonna, we're going to go through the words this week. I, I would in, like to invite you, when the newsletter comes out this Friday, I'd like to invite you to download the attachment with the words, and I'd like you to take those words into your prayer time and say, Lord, what are you saying by these words? To contemplate them. You know, we, we sometimes treat the Lord's words as though they're as just, it was just like any old person talked to us. You know, if you, um, you know, we have a lot of voices in our life coming all the time, but sometimes we think the Lord's voice is just another one of those voices, and we forget that it's the Lord. And, you know, if you were in some significant place meeting some significant person, um, and they said something to you, you would take that advice on board with a, a greater weight and gravity. I know that um, uh, our dear brother Brian uh, Henaway, he went to be with the Lord a few years ago, and you know, he had a lot of grandkids, and you know, he was always telling them things, like, uh, like a, good, a good granddad would do, you know, telling them things like, do your homework, or you know, giving them good advice about life. And, uh, but the moment came when he was on his deathbed he knew he was going to die within days and he called all the grandkids together, got them all around the bed and he spoke to them and some of the things he said to them were very direct and very much to the point and very personal. You know, this is uh, the last words of a man, so to speak, and they seem to carry much more weight because of the fact they're his last words. Saying to a certain grandkid, you know, you've, you've not been good in this area, sort it out. You know, very direct words from a grandfather to a grand, grandchild. Well, you know, those words were taken more seriously because they were his final words. You know, I've had chats with some of the Henneways about those. Just, and it was a wonderful moment that that could happen. But, um, you know, where is the sense of gravity given to the Lord's words? Well, that's what we need to do. We need to take the words we've received this week, which I'll email out to you, and we need to take a hold of them and take them to prayer, and I ask you to do that and say, Lord, what are you really saying to us as a church? What's the meaning of them? So that we can be a listening people. I invite the band to come back, and we're going to sing, and I'm going to pray for you. Um, I'm not, being listening people doesn't mean we um, have to live weird lives. It doesn't mean we have to, you know, necessarily change up the whole way we're living, necessarily. Maybe for some people it does. But I, th I think that the Lord is so normal. The Lord invented families. The Lord knows that we need rest. He invented a Sabbath. He invented marriage. He knows that husbands and wives need to love one another and they need to figure out how to love one another better. And The Lord's just normal. 
So the Lord's not asking us to become like monks or nuns or, you know, he's not asking us to do anything super religious or super weird. And so the Lord's calling us into a kind of normal, but for him. A normal that's like his way of being normal. I remember years ago there was a revival in Brownsville in the United States. It's in, a, in Florida. A great revival. Millions of people got saved. They had meetings every single night and the Holy Spirit was moving in unbelievable ways. And so many people were touched. But in the end they got worn out and burnt down because they had meetings every single night. And they were, the whole, they were expecting the whole church to go to a meeting every single night. And, and I thought about that and I thought... I want revival, but not like that. Now, I wasn't down on what the Holy Spirit was doing. It's just that I realized the Holy Spirit can bring a great move of God without expecting you to go to a meeting every single night of your life. You'll just get worn out if you do that, and the move of God will be so temporary. It'll only last a year or two or three, which is what happened in Brownsville, because you'll get worn out and you physically won't be able to carry it on. There's a great famous missionary, David Brainerd, that died at the age of 30 because he wore himself out. His, his missionary life, his ministry was incredible to the North American Indians, but it just didn't last for very long. But if he had been a bit more normal, the Holy Spirit could have moved in, in him for a lifetime. The Lord wants us to be normal, but normal with him, where the Holy Spirit is with us we're people of prayer, people that walk in grace, but we have a normal life as well. You still go, kids still go to school, still go to work, still budget, you give some money, but you also save some money and you do things, you have holidays. You've got to have a normal life, but a normal life with the Holy Spirit in it, following the Lord. And there is a way to have a move of God without burdening ourselves out like has happened in previous revivals. I don't know how that works, but I know if we're a listening people, the Lord will bring us into grace. And we'll find that when grace carries us along, it's easy. It's not depending on our human effort. There's still effort, but it's something a bit more wonderful than that. Well, we've got to be a listening people, which means we need to put into place the things the Lord calls us to do. And we need to be open and willing to find out what they are and to hear them. So Lord, we're so grateful for the word of God and um, ask you to help us. Help us, Lord, because we know we're not enough on our own. We're just weak. We're human beings with so many failings. Lord, we've, we've let you down many times. We've let people down in our lives all around us many times. Lord, we've failed. we failed to do what's right. Sometimes we've got so zealous for what's right, we've hurt people. Lord, we've made every mistake there is to make. We ask you to forgive us. But Lord, if, if there's one thing we want to get right, we want to be a people who listen. And we also want to be a people with the love of God in our hearts. Because we know that you said that love covers a multitude of sins. So help us to be an accepting people, a people with the heart of God, a people willing to listen. So Father, bring us into grace. And this week, I pray you'd help us all to keep on listening, to keep our hearts open to the Lord, help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I pray that when I send out the words on Friday, I ask that you'd help us all in contemplating them. Lord, open the eyes of our heart to see what you're saying. 
Lord, not to dismiss things that seem too simple, but help us to hear what's on your heart. Lord, change us. Help us to be a people that are the way you want, I pray. So, Lord, fill us all afresh with the Spirit today. Guide us in serving and following you. Give us the joy of the Lord. Strengthen us in righteousness, I pray. And I would pray this morning a blessing over all your people. Lord, health and strength, clarity of mind, a heart and willing to serve. Lord, bless our children. May they do well. May they do well at their school and their education. May they get good grades. May they be a blessing to their fellow students. May the love of God be in their hearts. Lord, bless our teenagers. May they have a desire to read the word of God, a desire to read the scriptures, to contemplate you. May they not be swallowed up by social media. Lord, let your heart be in them. Lord, let all of the church be prayerful. Bless our prayer meetings and let them be full of faith. So Lord, I ask that in the same way you brought the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land, Lord, bring us into your promises too. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.